Welcome to Frank Shelton's podcast on life, leadership, and our Lord. Frank is an author, evangelist, and one of the most sought-after speakers in America. Frank is married to his sweetheart, Ruth, and they have two children and live near Washington, D.C. After working two decades on Capitol Hill, he left by faith to preach the gospel. He served five years on staff with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and he was a chaplain at three Summer Olympics. To date, Frank has preached on five continents and addressed audiences at stadiums over 120,000 in attendance. His TV ministry, By Faith with Frank Shelton, airs weekly to over 150 million homes worldwide. And today, he's thrilled to speak to you. Enjoy today's message by our host, Frank Shelton. Hello, my friends. It's always an honor to speak life to you. Hope all is well in your world. And uh, man, these are some exciting times. You know, God told me to start writing a book, and we're almost there. It's 245 pages. I'd love for you to get it when it's released. It'll be on Amazon and Borders and Books a Million and our website, frankshelton.com. But it's called Urgency, and the cover is going to have an hourglass, and the sands of time have almost rolled through. You know, ministry minus urgency equals catastrophe. And more than ever, I'm preaching Christ is coming soon. And John the Baptist was a voice in the wilderness. You know, the Apostle Paul was a phenomenal preacher, evangelist. I love Dr. Billy Graham, my former boss. But more than ever, it's just the simple gospel. It's simply profound and profoundly simple. And if you're listening today and you're born again, I'd love for you to just email me and uh, I'll gladly respond. It's Frank at frankshelton.com. You send me an email, I'll zip one right back to you. But we're in this together, and I want to rejoice with you. Tell me where you're from, how old you were when you gave your life to Christ. If you also have prayer requests, feel free to write us frank at frankshelton.com. You know, I believe God would have us respond to every email. And uh, I love God answers email. You get on your knees God's listening. And uh, even if you're driving down the road, heaven is a prayer away. You know, I've been on the phone before with sitting presidents of the United States, but it's greater when you're with the King of Kings, the great I Am, Almighty God. And the interesting thing is it's not that God's too busy for us. Too many times in my own life, I've been too busy for God. And, uh, you know, not anymore. It's late in the game. I say it. If we're not in the bottom of the ninth, we're in the top of the ninth, and God is coming soon. Um, I want to talk to you about urgency, and I've been speaking for the last three weeks on Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I talked to you about waiting on the Lord for our partner, our prayers, our problems, but I want to talk to you about the Prince of Peace. Jesus is coming soon. The Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And uh, I just want to encourage our listeners today who may be listening in the nation's capital at WWGB 1030 AM. I love you guys. There's our friends also in Pittsburgh, PA, WWNL AM 1080. And uh, I know you like the Steelers, but I'm hoping you love the Savior even more because Jesus is the true Man of Steel. Superman and the Steelers have nothing 
on the Savior. But anyways, wait on the Lord because the Prince of Peace is coming soon. I had a chance to meet Dr. Charles Stanley twice in the past, one at a book signing, another time was at First Baptist Atlanta, and uh, he's been an inspiration to many over the years. And Charles Tremendous Jones is a pastor from the past who's now with the Lord. I just was on his daughter's podcast, Dr. Tracy Jones, Leaders on Leadership. And if you go to frankshelton.com and click podcast, you can hear that interview that I had with Charles Tremendous Jones' daughter, Tracy. But he was attributed to a story years ago. Someone asked a well-known pastor, do you still get nervous when you speak, when you get in the pulpit to preach? And he said, almost every single time. He said, quote, I get nervous when I don't get nervous. Because you know what's scary about ministry? We can take Christ for granted. We can get complacent in our walk. And if you're not careful, you can just be routine and rote and even hit the religious sound bites. But maybe the heart has gotten cold, distant. I remember when an elderly couple was riding in an old pickup truck and they were quiet going down the back roads. And the woman finally spoke up and said, Harold, you don't hold me as tight as you used to when we went down the highway when we were dating. And after a pause, he smiled and he said, honey, I've never moved. And there's a lot of truth to that. You know, back in the day, she was probably right there next to him, leaning up against him in the armrest, but sometimes the years gets us distant. And if God feels faint, it's probably not him that left you. It could possibly be that you accidentally left him. That's the message. Are you waiting on the Lord or is the Lord waiting on you? So when they asked this prince of preachers, do you ever get nervous? He said, absolutely. And they said, well, can you tell us one of your all-time sermons that maybe you prayed a little bit more? Was it high-end donors? Was it heads of state? Was it chapel? for an NFL, NBA team? You know, did you pray more just because of the caliber of the people? And he said, well, I could tell you the night I prayed like never before, but you may not be intrigued. And they said, no, tell us, who were they? And he said, quote, well, I believe they're the most important people on the planet. They leaned closer and said, well, who were they? Multimillionaires? And he said, no. In my opinion, they're more wealthier than that. He said they were mentally challenged juveniles, mostly kids, a couple barely teenagers, and they were in a brand new facility, state of the art, where three of the four walls were glass from carpet to ceiling. And when I drove over that night, he said, I prayed that God would use me like never before to bring the gospel to a level where even these precious kids could comprehend the message. A seminary professor told us years ago, when preaching, put the cookie jar low enough on the kitchen table that even the smallest hands can partake and enjoy. I think some of us in the ministry have failed trying to impress 
that we haven't inspired or just simply delivered the mail. You know, Billy Graham said, I'm just a Western Union messenger boy delivering a telegram of God's love to the door of humanity. And tonight, I'm just delivering the mail. He got up there, and those precious kids were there, and they hung on every word, and he was in that place where the walls were all glass, and he just simply preached a sermon that there was a man named Jesus who lived 33 perfect years. His daddy made them. Jesus loved them. And because of sin in the world, Jesus died on a cross for not only them, but the whole wide world. And then said that he arose on the third day, and Jesus is in heaven. And one day, the trumpet will sound, the Savior will split the sky, and soon and very soon, we're going to all see the King. He said when he finished, the kids began to smile. Some even high-fived each other, and most of them hugged each other to hear a man named Jesus loved even them. We live in a society, sadly, suggests that unless you're powerful, pretty, or popular, you don't have value. But this was Jesus' crowd because Jesus loves everybody. The famous preacher, when he was leaving, said he felt a little dejected because although the kids were happy, he didn't know if anyone truly comprehended the message. And as he went home, he just prayed that God would fill in the gaps. Not one year, not two years, but three years go by, and he had never heard from the place where he spoke to those precious, mentally challenged children. He knew the kids probably couldn't pen a letter, but he thought maybe the president or principal or psychiatrist would take time to pen a letter. And I don't know who's listening today, but even encouragers can use encouragement from time to time. But one day a letter arrived on his desk and he knew immediately by the return address that was the place he preached 36 months before. He ripped it open and it was a handwritten note from a janitor that was present the night he spoke. And he said, Preacher, I want to tell you that this place has never been the same since you spoke. And the famous preacher thought, I wonder why. He said, well, ever since you spoke in that state-of-the-art facility where three of the four walls were glass, and you talked about Jesus coming again, he said, I want to tell you something peculiar has happened for the last three years. And the famous preacher thought, I wonder what? He said, ever since you spoke about Jesus coming again, he goes, I want to tell you, I have had to re-windex the windows every single day for the last three years. And the famous preacher said, I wonder why. He said, sir, ever since you talked about Jesus coming back, even before breakfast, they do not go to the cafeteria. They go to the room where you spoke, where three of the four walls were state-of-the-art glass from ceiling to carpet. And the reason I have to Windex the windows is because there are handprints, there's lip prints, there's mouth prints pressed over the planes of the window. And the famous preacher thought, I wonder why. He said, sir, ever since you talked about Jesus coming back, 
I'm happy to give a report today that not a day has gone by in three years and 36 months that those kids run straight to the room and with their hands, mouth, and lips pressed to the window. Sir, I'm happy to report they're still waiting and they're still watching for Jesus. I remember leaving one time Charlotte, North Carolina after telling that story. And a deacon came up to me of the church where I was the guest speaker and he said, son, that's a phenomenal story. But you got to remember they were retarded. And I didn't have a comeback for them. But on the 400 mile trip back home, the Holy Spirit reminded me, Frank, is if you're intelligent, as those precious kids still looking and longing for Jesus, you'd be a mature Christian because the King is on his way. My message today is simple. Are you waiting on the Lord or is the Lord waiting on you? Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. There may be another day like today. Jesus said today is the day of salvation. I'm not asking you to come to Christ next week, but today. And coming to Christ is easy as the ABCs. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And C, confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Just whisper a prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner, but you're the Savior. I heard that Jesus died for the world, but I realized tonight on By Faith Radio, if it was just me, Jesus, the Son of God, died for me. His red blood will forgive my dirty sins. He arose on the third day, and because he lived, I can too. Save my soul, be my best friend, and take me to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Frank Shelton today. Consider bringing Frank to your next outreach. Feel free to contact us at frank at frankshelton.com and look for us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Frank Shelton Jr. If you would like to partner with Frank Shelton Global, you can donate online at frankshelton.com. Your generosity will help us bring the word to the world. This is Frank Shelton reminding you when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God bless you and go with God. Tune in next week and God bless you.